Amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you for your hard work. Amen. God is good. Can you say amen in this place, sir? Come on now. Amen, amen. Listen, we're going to turn into our Bibles. First Samuel chapter 1. We're going to be reading a few verses there. First Samuel chapter 1. This morning I want to talk to you about problems. Come on now. Problems, something we all have. We all have problems, we all have them. They come to absolutely everyone. They come in all shapes and sizes and they have varying magnitudes problems. You know what I'm saying? You can get those problems that are completely opposite to your problems. I've said this before, one of the guys, when I, when I first came here to Hull, one of the guys was telling me they have problems putting on weight. Uh, they say they eat whatever they want, they can't put on weight. They say, I can eat this, I can eat KFC, I can eat in the morning, I can eat in the evening, but I can't put on weight. I was like, brother, I do not have that problem. <laughs> that problem is completely opposite to mine. I just sniff a cake and that's it, my shirt starts to pop open. That's not my problem. We have those problems that are opposite. Problems, that's a problem to him, but it's not a problem to me. It's an opposite. We have those problems where, you know, people say it's a problem, but it's not a problem at all. I remember I was at work, and uh, my colleague, he, he got me. He, his face was just down. He was, he was sullen. I could see it all over his face. So me being me, I walked over to him. I said, you know, bro, what's, what's the matter? What's the problem? Come, let's talk. Let's talk it out. I'm sure we, if we can talk, we can, you know, a problem shared is a problem half. I had all those lines. Uh, and he began to tell me, he's saying, oh, it's such a tough issue, such a problem right now. Uh, I've got a huge decision to make. He says, they've just given me a company car and I can't decide whether I can pick BMW or Mercedes. I can't decide. <laughs> I'm like, bro, that's no problem, man. Get out of here, man. There's people catching the bus out here. Come on. You're talking about which one's the BMW, Mercedes. So people have problems that are not problems at all. Come on now. And then you get those problems which are major problems. You know what I'm talking about? You could be fine and then you get a call from your doctor. Come on, and everything changes. Where you was walking fine, now they've given you a diagnosis. Everything changes. Come on, there's type of problems where it's like it weighs on you. Problems, we all get them. And there's no favoritism when it comes to problems. There's no racism when it comes to problems. There's no gender. There's no, there's, there's no ageism. Listen, it comes to problems comes to all of us. And, and when we have a problem, it requires some sort of response. The definition of problem is a matter or a situation regarded as unwelcome or harmful or needing or and needing to be dealt with and overcome. And how you deal with problems will define you. Problems are going to come to you, but how you deal with them will define you. And I'm saying how to respond to problems, uh, because how you respond to problems will ultimately affect your destiny. And we need to understand how we deal with problems. We're going to face problems, um, and we need to understand how to navigate through the speed bumps of life uh, when we come to that in our life. And I want to look at an account of someone in the Word of God who had uh, some problems. We're going to look at a problem, uh, a person, uh, how they dealt with it, how they went through it, and how it blessed their lives. So let's look at 1 Samuel chapter 1. I'm going to read from verse number 1 here. The Bible says, Now there was a certain man of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah. Skip to verse number 2. 
And he had two wives. Well, there's a problem right there, first of all, before we even finish, right? Come on now. <laughs> the Bible is so honest, right? It just, just throws it out there. He had two wives. Hey, listen. Hey, let's, let's move on swiftly. Come on now. And the name of one was Hannah. And the name of the other was Paniah. Paniah had children, but Hannah had no children. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts of Shiloh. Verse number four says, And whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Paniah, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah, he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah. Although the Lord had closed her womb, and her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Now, church, here we have a problem. Hannah, first of all, is a wife to a man that has two wives. Like I said, there is the beginning of this woman's problem because straight away you have competition. How many of God designed it for a man to leave his father and mother be joined to his wife? Singular. It wasn't to be joined to his wives, it was to be joined to his wife. And when we step outside of the boundary or the blueprint of what God ordained for us, there's going to be problems. So that's the first problem she has. She has to be married to a man and almost compete with someone else to see if we can get the love or see if we can get what should be attributed to her alone. That is problems. But also she had another problem and the problem was she was a wife who had no children who had no children at all. Now, I thought I would just say in, those, in, those day, in this day and age we are right now, I've said this before, but sometimes it's not considered that much of an issue if we don't have no children. We're getting into a generation now where people are becoming too busy for children. Um, I'm sure the government said our child rate is going down and down and down. People are getting too busy. In 2015, I read a survey uh, from the Huffington Post, uh, and they was asking them why you have no children. And some of the answers were here. It says, because I like my life as it is. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Here's another one. I don't like children. <laughs> All right. Here's one. I had a bad relationship with my parents. So therefore, I'm not going to go and, and have children, have a bad relationship with them. That's what they're saying. Here's one. I want to prioritize my career. Come on, that one's selfish. Come on, let's be, let's be honest. That one's selfish. Here's one. I don't want the financial burden. And this is where we live. This is where we live in this day and age. Some people have these kind of thoughts. But back in Hannah's day, it was not so. Back in Hannah's day, this was a legitimate issue. If a wife could not have a child back in her day, listen, it was a problem. It's like having a car but no driving license. It's like, what's the point? It's like having a job with no salary. If you are a wife with no children back in her day, it was an issue. It was a problem that needed to be overcome. And not only did the wife have to not have children, but he had to look around and see the other wife who could have children and have no issue with that. So this is a massive problem. And we can see the kind of problem that Hannah is dealing with. We all agree it's a legitimate problem. But I want to look closely at the problem here. Verse number five, Baba says, But to Hannah, her husband, would give a double portion for he loved Hannah. And listen to this. It says, Although the Lord had closed her womb, and her rival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. 
Now I find that interesting. Who closed her womb? The Lord, the Bible says, closed her womb. Now I find that sometimes I come across scripture and it, 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 it boggles my mind. Sometimes I come across scripture and I'm perplexed. I'm thinking, what does this all mean? What do you mean the Lord had closed her womb? What do you mean? So what the Lord allowed this problem to come to Hannah? The Lord allowed this issue to be fallen upon Hannah. And then I started to think of my own life. I started to think of my own relationships and my wife, God bless her. Sometimes she causes me problems just to get my attention. Now hear me out now, I'm not saying my wife is a troublemaker or anything like that, that's not what I'm saying. I remember there was a time, you know, in COVID time, we was all working from home, everyone had to be at home, you couldn't go out, couldn't do nothing, uh, was working from home. So I set up a nice little home office, uh, uh, you know, in this house, it was in, in my bedroom, I didn't have a separate office in this house, this, it was in my bedroom, so I set up a nice little home office. Uh, um, but my wife likes the house to be tidy, <laughs> God bless her. But sometimes when I'm working, I'm working and there's things all over the place and I have organized chaos, okay? It's organized, but it looks like chaos. It's not chaos, but it's, it's, it looks like chaos. And sometimes if I eat lunch, I have a working lunch, I'm on a phone, I'm eating, and I put the plate just to the side. And just, just gonna, I'm going to wash it later. Come on now. Come on. <laughs> Maybe I have a cup of coffee as well. I'll put the cup of coffee on top of the plate because I'm going to wash the two of them later. Come on. And then maybe later on, I have a bowl of something, like a bowl of fruit. I put the bowl of the fruit on, on top of the cup, on top of the plate, because I'm going to wash all three of those later. Come on. But it gets to a point where she sees this as a problem. And, you know, I, I, I finish my work. I leave my office and, and I leave the stuff there. I come back and the plate and the cup and the bowl are on my keyboard. <laughs> she hasn't said anything. It's just there. I was like, okay. Okay. All right, so I move it to the side, carry on working because I'm going to wash it later. I carry on working and so on. And I continue on. I finish the day and so on. I come back the next day, the plate, the bowl and the, and the, and the mug is on my chair now. <laughs> I have to physically move these things. She's causing me problems because she's trying to get my attention. She's trying to say, wash up after yourself. Come on now, I'm not your slave. That's what she's trying to say. And when I read, when I started to look at that and my relationships around, I started to see, well, maybe, could it be that the Lord is trying to get a response from Hannah? Could it be that there's things that you're going through in your life that the Lord is trying to get your response or, or get your attention? Because how many know, listen, when life is going good, we can sometimes just go and do what we're doing. But sometimes when issues happen, all of a sudden our prayer life increases. Come on now. Sometimes you say, oh, yeah, I need to pray, I need to pray. You know it, I need to pray more, I need to pray more. And, and, and sometimes life is busy. But how can, I mean, no, God can make you pray. God can make you bow your knee and you're saying, dear Lord Jesus. It's like, I'm wondering where you was. Sometimes could it be that God will bring something to your way just to see how you're going to respond. What problem has God allowed in your life that he wants you to seek him to overcome and we see this many times in the Bible. We see Job. Obviously, we always mention Job when it comes to problems. We see that God actually allowed this and to see what his response. We see Joshua and the battle of Ai. The children of Israel went to fight this group of people who they should have been able to beat easily, but they didn't beat. And Joshua goes to God and saying, what's going on? And he says, get up, man. There's sin in your camp. And we see Jonah, come on now, we know the story of Jonah, thrown overboard, swallowed up. God was looking for a response. 
So I want to look at the response with you today. So what is the response? A problem needs a response. How did Hannah respond? Verse number 10 in our text. Bible says uh, she was in bitterness of soul and prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Then she made a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you indeed look on the affliction of your maidservant and remember me and not forget your maidservant, but will give your maidservant a male child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall come upon his head. Plain and simple, Hannah prayed. And there are many things that she could have done. There's many things she could have done before praying. She could have complained. Many people have shut wombs and all they are is just bitter. They're complaining about their lot in life. She could have gone to the fertility treatment. She could have gone in those days, especially there's all sorts of witch doctors that had all sorts of remedies and, and, and things that you could do to try and open up your womb. She could have gone there, but no. She said, I'm going to go to my God. Hannah prayed. And it wasn't just the fact that that she prayed, it was the way in which she prayed that caught God's attention. And how many of those different ways you can pray to the Lord? I want to get some insights in how she prayed. Firstly, I want to say that Hannah prayed consistently. She prayed consistently. Verse number 11 of our text says, O Lord of hosts, if you indeed look upon the affliction of your maidservant and remember me. Church, I don't believe this is the first time that Hannah prayed. I don't believe this is the first time she came to the Lord with bended knee. And when we know year after year, her rival, Paniah, the second wife, would taunt her over and over again. Perhaps other women in the neighborhood would taunt her also. Other women would say, look, look, look at our children. Where's your children? I believe this wasn't the first time she prayed. Year after year, she would go. She would pray, Lord, remember me. She would go pray in a secret place. Lord, remember me. She would go on with some consistency you know consistency has some power who agrees with consistency has some power come on you know many things God shows me in different ways through his word and so on but many things he shows me through my relationship with my children how many parents in the house and they wave me you're a parent in this place God has showed me some things when I started to have children you know my kids in my house they have there's something built in them when they ask, they will ask and ask and ask and ask. Now, they come, they know in my house, I know I don't really like, you know, too much snacky food in between dinner and lunch or stuff like that. I don't really like it because if you do that, then you spoil your dinner and so on and so forth. But sometimes they'll come. I'll be in the office or somewhere. They'll be like, Daddy, can we have a packet of crisps? I'm like, no. Daddy, can we have some cookies? No. They'll leave and they'll come back. Five minutes later. Daddy, please can we have a packet of crisps and some cookies? <laughs> I'm like, no, I just said no, okay? They'll leave. Five minutes, they'll come back. Daddy, I know you said no, but please, can we have some crisps and some cookies? I'm like, dear Lord, did you, did, I'm speaking English. I said no. And then they will not leave me alone wherever I go. If I go, I'm in the, I'm in the shower, they're banging in the shower. Daddy, can we please have some crisps and some cookies? I'm in the garden mowing the Lord. Daddy, crisps and cookies. I'm pushing, I'm trying to write a sermon for Jesus Christ. Come on now. Wait, the sermon can wait. Can we have some cookies and crisps? And they go on and on and on to the point. I'm like, fine, go and take the cookies and crisps then. Because consistently has some power. 
And we understand because Jesus tells us sometimes when you pray, uh, listen, you've got to ask and you've got to ask and you've got to ask. Because he says, ask and you shall receive. Uh, listen, the New Living Translation says, uh, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Uh, keep on knocking and the door will be open onto you. Uh, we need to take that literally. If, listen, if you're going through something and you've prayed once uh, and you've not seen it, your job is uh, to keep on knocking, uh, to keep the consistency up because God wants to see your heart and wants to see your your dedication and wants to have a relationship with you so we're going to keep pushing until we see God move they say I had a friend who says push it means pray until something happens and don't let up Hannah did not come to the conclusion this was not her not God's will for her life so she continued to pray until she saw an outcome when Hannah prayed she prayed consistently Also, when Hannah prayed, uh, she prayed specifically. Verse number 11, it says, Remember me and do not forget your maidservant, but give your maidservant a male child. Hannah didn't leave any room for ambiguity. She wasn't like, okay, just, just, just give me a child. No, she knew what she wanted. She asked for a son. Because you know sometimes we can pray and we can pray prayers that sound lovely, that sound all nice and holy. It's like, God, bless me. God, you know, open the door. And, and you know, these things are nice. The words are nice. But sometimes you've got to be specific. Sometimes you've got to look at what's in front of you and say, God, I need you to remove this specific situation. God, I have a pain in my side right here. I don't know where this pain has come from. Remove this specific pain. Sometimes you need to say, God, my heart is heavy towards this person. Lord, I've un- I've, um, if there's any unforgiveness in my life, then forgive me. Help me to forgive the person. We need to be specific when we pray, ask the God of the universe and let's, let us be specific. We see in James 4 and 3, the Bible says you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss that you may spend it on your, ple- in your pleasures. When you pray, we need to make sure that we are specific. We need to bring it before the Lord and understand when we pray. Listen, we don't want to just pray these wild and lofty prayers. God is our Father. He cares about everything. He cares about everything we go through. We can take it to the Lord in prayer. When we pray, we need to pray specifically and ask God to come and move specifically. When Hannah prayed, she prayed specifically. Also, when she prayed, she prayed intensely. Oh, verse number 12 here, we're going to read. And it happened uh, as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli watched her mouth. Now Hannah spoke in her heart. Only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was drunk. So Eli said to her, how long would you be drunk? Put away uh, your wine away from you. But Hannah answered and said, no, my Lord. I am a woman of soulful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor intoxicating drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. This is the response we need to have to problems we face in life. When we have a problem we face in life and it is bigger than we can handle, we have a God who wants to hear us. And when we come into his presence, we should 
pour ourselves out before him just like um, Hannah did. Um, we see that um, uh, the Bible tells us we should cast our burdens um, and our cares upon the Lord uh, because he cares for us. He's the one that's going to sustain us. Um, listen, all the problems we have, um, listen, God is looking for a response. Um, God is looking for you to pour out your soul. Uh, there's people here with uh, wounds that are closed, uh, maybe literally, but also figuratively as well. Um, we here you're trying to break through but we need to respond because there is a reward to the right response when we look at the problems we have faced in our lives there is a reward to somebody who would pray consistently somebody who would pray specifically somebody who would pray intensely there is a reward because God will hear you from heaven and will begin to move on your behalf as you pour yourself out he will look upon you and he will indeed remember you. He will indeed say, listen, things are going to be opened up. Listen, bondages are going to be loosed right now. Doors are going to be opened onto you. But if we trust and put our faith in him, we should pray like that. Pray like Hannah and there will be a reward. Let's look at the reward here in verse number 17 of our text. As we begin to wrap this up, it says, then Eli answered and said, go in peace. And the God of Israel grant your petition and which you have asked for. Verse number 19 says, The Lord remembered her. If we skip down. And so it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel, saying, Because I have asked for him, uh, asked for him from the Lord. The Bible says that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think according to the power that works in us. Hannah had the right response. And not only, if you see here, not only did she get the son she was praying for, the Bible lets us know she had three other sons and two daughters. So now we see uh, that when God does come to respond, uh, he comes with the response. He comes with the thing you're praying for, but the thing you're praying for has friends with it. Can you say amen in this place uh? Come on, now when she prayed, not only did something open up, but now there was a flood. Now she didn't just have Samuel, she had a whole army of children. Amen. She was blessed. She was filled to the brim. She had what she was praying for because of the response that she had. There's many of us that we're on the brink of giving up because the problems are too heavy. We're on the brink of saying, you know what, this is too much for me to bear. But we should continue on and take a leaf out of Hannah's book and push forward and be consistent when we pray be specific when we pray and be intense when we pray listen we should bring all of our needs before God because God hears us from heaven he hears his children we should not be swayed by what we see around us the circumstances shouldn't determine how we pray we should pray continually there was a point where she was looked upon and the Bible showed us that people thought she was drunk, thought she was weird. But listen, sometimes you've got to pray like that. Sometimes you've got to push through like that. Sometimes people may look at you and say, you're taking this a bit too far, but you need God to move. There's some points in my life where nothing else could work. Nothing else could happen. I need a move from God. There's some of you going through things that only a move from God will suffice. Listen, I remember the person who was sat in Bethesda by the, by the pool who was, had an infirmity 
infirmity for 38 years. He was looking to be healed by people and situations, but only a move of God can change his situation. There's some things you're going through that only a move of God can change, and we need to take it to God in prayer. Can you say amen in this place? Now, I remember I've actually spoke about this hymn before, um, and I sung it, but I'm not going to sing it today. Come on now. I'm going to tell you, the, I'm going to show out the, the, or speak the lyrics, and it really just touches my heart. It says, what a friend we have in Jesus. Come on now, who knows this song? All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer. Listen to this. It says, oh, what peace we often forfeit. We often give up peace. We're sometimes sitting in torment. It says, what needless pain we bear. All because we don't carry everything to God in prayer. Come on now. There's things that we're carrying on our shoulders that are heavy. There are things that we're going through that just take our peace away. And This song says we often needlessly go through that pain because we don't take it to God in prayer. We need to take everything to God in prayer. Every part of your aspect, every aspect of your life, God is interested in. God cares for every part of your life. God has a plan for you and he wants to see that fulfilled, but he wants to see your response also. He wants to get your attention also. He wants you to knock on that door. He wants you to ask. He wants you to search. He wants you to seek. I find it interesting, the vow that Hannah made. Hannah said, listen, if you give me a son, I'm going to give him right back to you. I'm going to dedicate this child to you. Many times people pray. Sometimes they get what they're looking for and that's it. Gone. You never see him again. I remember a man, a particular man in, our, in, in, uh, in, the, in the church in Derby. He was praying for a job. He's like, Lord, give me a And how many know it's good to get a job? Come on now. We need to pay our bills. Come on now. He's praying for a job. He spoke to the brothers in church. We was praying. And I believe we had a fast for, for, for employment as well. So we're praying. We're fasting. And we're asking God for a job. The man gets a job. <laughs> Receives every shift possible. Never steps foot back in church again. <laughs> thanks God, I'm gone. (laughs) Hannah said, listen, you give me this child, I'm going to dedicate him to you. And you need to understand the vow she placed on, because what that actually meant, it wasn't a case of just, yeah, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I said, no, I'm going to dedicate. She left the child in the temple of God and she went back home. You know, she, she, she had the child, she was nursing, but then left him. And it was indeed a dedication. And we see Samuel, the powerful ministry that Samuel had, the powerful impact that he had. And God used him powerfully because there was a woman of God who was willing to pray over him. Pray, so I pray for him, pray over him and dedicate him to the Lord. You know, as we pray, as we're asking God to move, we're asking God to open up situations. And listen, what are you going to do when he blesses you? What are you going to do when he answers your prayers? Because there's many people that will, don't know how to handle blessing. There's some people here that you wouldn't know how to. If God was to bless you, it will be a curse. There's many people here 
that if God was to give you a check, 10 million right now, pow. Some people are like, yes, praise God, I receive that in Jesus' name. But if he was to give that to you, it will curse you. There's some articles, if you, can, you can just type it in Google. You read it in, you know, look, at, look at when people win the lottery. I don't know if you've seen these articles before. When people win the lottery, so they, they've been working just a normal job before, and they come into this huge sum of money. Mo, many times it ruins their life. And I've seen articles, people say, listen, I was happier when I was broke. <laughs> Because they don't know how to handle it. Listen, when we're praying and when we're asking God to move in our situation, listen, prepare your heart to handle the blessing. Prepare yourself to handle when God comes through and breaks through. Prepare yourself to handle it. Listen, she was prepared. She knew exactly. She made a vow. She said, listen, when you do this, this is what I'm going to do. This was her response. And I believe God was pleased from that. Listen, church, we need to take some leaves out of Hannah's book and say, God, I'm going to pray through some things. But then when it happens, I'm going to dedicate my life to you even more. I'm going to dedicate this blessing to you even more. And that way we would see God not only bless you, but bless people around us. How many know through Hannah's life and through Hannah's child, even us today are blessed because of that? Can you say amen? Let God know that you're going to continue on. But when he does bless, it's not just going to stop here. It's going to bless people around me. You know, there's a saying that my friend has a young guy. So it has the young guy lingo. So excuse me for the young guy lingo. He says, when I eat, everyone's eating. Who knows what I'm saying when I say that? <laughs> yeah, it's the rap music. It's that hippity hop music. Come on now. It says, when I eat, everyone's eating. What he's saying is, um, listen, when God blesses me, people around my family are going to be blessed. My, 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 my neighbors are going to be blessed. People on the streets are going to be blessed. When God shows me revelation, people around are going to be blessed. When we're praying through things, prepare your heart to, to receive the blessing of God. We want to take some uh, leaf out of Hannah's book. We're going to pray uh, consistently. We're going to pray specifically. We're going to pray intensely. But we're also going to prepare our hearts to receive uh, the blessing of God. Some of you here praying, continue doing that. But let's prepare our hearts um, to receive uh, the blessing of God. And we can overcome problems uh, together. Who believes that this morning in this place? Look at my shout of praise. You believe that in this place? Um, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. We're going to bow our heads. We're going to close our eyes in this place. Um, we've got some other things we want to do this morning. But let's pray this morning right here, right now.